Hi guys, welcome back to the So OCD podcast. I'm Wendy Nunnery, your So OCD host, and I'm really thankful that you're here taking the time out of your day to listen to the show. I wanted to tell you guys that the last time I recorded, I accidentally had my microphone settings to the built-in mic on my computer, which was why the sound was a little off, but I got it figured out this time. I don't know what happened, but we got it all switched and ready to go. Today, I've got something really special to share with you guys. I'm starting a brand new series called My OCD Story, where I'll be featuring listener stories on the show. I'm just going to share these as they come in, and so there isn't going to be a regular schedule of them. It'll just kind of be an ongoing series. Today, I want to introduce you to our very first guest on the My OCD Story series, and her name is Allison Like Hilben. As you'll hear, Allison is a senior lecturer in the Biological Sciences Department at Vanderbilt University, and she is here on today's episode to talk about her own experience living with obsessive compulsive disorder. I hope y'all enjoy her story and the wisdom and insight that she has to offer into what it's like being so OCD. Here we go. like Hilburn. I am a senior lecturer in the biological sciences department at Vanderbilt University. I have loved being a teaching professor um, and basically hid from my entire life a very deep struggle that I had with mental illness, specifically what most people have called obsessive compulsive disorder. And um, I used to kind of, you know, really try hard every morning to put on the the grandest smile that I could in order to hide the pain. I didn't want to bring anybody down. Nowadays, it's kind of um, vogue to say, you know, we want to avoid negative people. It's not helpful for, for anybody to talk about struggles. So I um, kind of just put up that front and try my best to walk through my days just peacefully and, you know, wanted to bring joy to people and not pull them down. And um, there were a couple of things that happened in my life, which I'll share, that kind of just tore me from that place of, of silence, um, hoping that just in sharing my story that, if anything, it helps people to see that help-seeking is absolutely vital. So um, my story basically begins at the age of eight. I was, I distinctly remember going on a staycation. Um, I grew up in Orlando, Florida, and my mom thought it would be fun to just get a hotel room in downtown, and um, I think we went go-karting, things like that, but I remember that we were in the hotel room, and I was just gazing out of the window, looking out at the skyline, and and suddenly this feeling that I had never experienced before just kind of hit like a, like a brick wall, like a brick wall that I suddenly saw coming, and it smashed into my face and, and kind of like crumbled through my forehead. My forehead literally felt like it was being clenched by some kind of claw, and with that clenching feeling came this this thought um, that I just couldn't couldn't dispel. And the thought was that, strangely enough, that my teeth were gonna fall out. So I instinctively grabbed my jaw and, and like started just feeling all of my teeth. I was eight, um, you know, I had some permanent teeth, some some child teeth as well, but I but I was particularly worried about the permanent teeth that I already had just falling out, like my front teeth. Um, why I was concerned about that, I um, have some ideas now, but at the time I could have told you, like, yeah, it's kind of a strange obsession, but there was nothing that I could do after that to alleviate that clenching feeling of the claw in my brain, but to just spend most of my days, like, with my finger in my mouth, rocking my teeth back and forth. Um, this time, I, I mean, I could hide it pretty well. If I was talking to somebody, I could have my fingers away from my mouth, but um, in talking... Um, I was, you know, feeling the clenching feeling and my head would feel almost like it was on fire, like the feeling of having a really, really high fever. 
Um, and then it would kind of abate a little bit as I would kind of like rock the teeth back and forth and I was like, okay, I'm all right. My teeth are still there. Um, after that episode, I started having more and more of these types of experiences with my, my stomach, just like in knots, um, it's like a stampeding sensation across my abdomen. And, um, this kind of like wicked feeling of hands that would grab at my neck and feel like they were almost suffocating me, trying to suffocate me. Um, which I really became good at, um, good at fighting without people noticing. I was like, well, I gotta be strong. You know, maybe this is how everybody is. I would look around and, you know, people seemed like they were enjoying their lives, but perhaps everybody else like had this type of thing I thought, and, and I was just kind of weak. Um, so I kept, kept fighting. Um, I began to develop some more and more like hypochondriac type sensations and ideas. Um, I would be surprised every day that came that I was still alive because I thought that I was, I wasn't sure how I was able to keep my body moving, how I could keep myself breathing, how I could keep my, um, my body like moving in, in general. Um, how was my heart still beating? How were, how was I even able to blink without thinking about it? You know, it's something that people can think about for a moment. Like when, when that horrible thing happens and someone reminds you, and I guess I'm doing it right now. When someone reminds you, like, how are you able to breathe um, without thinking about it? It has it invo- involuntary and you start to think about it and it can kind of be like stressful. Like, oh yeah, like I am breathing in and breathing out. How am I regulating this? But usually you forget about it after a couple seconds. And for me, it was like, breathe in, breathe out. And I can't think about anything else all day long. Um, and then the clenching, the brain clenching would be there. Um, just all day long. How could, how could I escape from it? I wasn't particularly sure. Um, and then it kind of advanced to some other kind of more bizarre states. I remember one time walking into my mom's bedroom and being convinced that perhaps I was in this world that, um, in, in which I was the only one to be a real human being and everybody else was some kind of like monster hiding behind a, a mask that they would pull off eventually and um and assail me and destroy me like chase me with swords or something this is what i expected to happen i was you know eight or nine at this time still i thought like you know hopefully i make it to 10 or 11 like i kind of like this world um i wish that i wasn't the only human that was alive um if asked i could probably tell you yet perhaps you know even at the time perhaps i'm wrong i hope i'm wrong Um, but still the clenching in my brain feeling along with the fluish sensations would accompany these waves of panic about the fact that perhaps the world was, was all, um, just composed of monsters that were, that were trying to assail me. And, um, I wasn't sure, I wasn't sure how to escape from that. And as the years progressed and nobody had attacked me yet, I decided like, well, perhaps, you know, it's possible that I'm wrong. But there's still probably a lot of people that might want to poison me. So I'd make sure if I went to somebody's house that my drinks would be away from them. I would pour my own beverages. I just couldn't let anything be alone because perhaps, you know, somebody was was wanting me gone. And and I had to make sure that I was vigilant at all times to prevent that. It was was sometime around um, high school age that the kind of worst feeling that I've ever had occurred. In, in the past, it had been more of like obsessions about those types of things. How am I keeping myself moving and breathing? But at that point, um, you know, and with COVID going on right now, people talk about loss of taste and smell as a symptom of that. This is something that happened to me just along the course of my mental illness as well. I would be, um, I'd be going about my day and then suddenly 
I was stricken by like almost like the like cold water being poured on the top of my head and it would and it would flow down below my ears onto my shoulders and down throughout the rest of my body and then suddenly I would be aware of the fact that I couldn't feel anything anymore. I wasn't able to feel like a real person. Was I alive anymore? My my sense of consciousness was like decaying. It felt like how was I even aware that I existed? I couldn't prove it and then my I couldn't taste anymore. I couldn't smell anymore. I remember tearing myself off the sofa to go run and, and pull an ice cream out of the fridge because the freezer because I absolutely love ice cream and I felt like I you know I, I have to be able to taste this and I and I couldn't anymore and I would keep trying to eat things and be like it just tastes like dust I, I can't taste anything I would um take things that usually smelled um extremely like Vicks va- vapor rub put it under my nose and try to see if I could um could smell it at all and I could smell nothing for months and months, I could smell nothing, and everything was just drab. And in fact, it seemed like the world had turned into no- colors of gray as opposed to any of the vibrant colors that I was accustomed to. And I began to, for the first time, have like intense fears of suicide, which is a tricky subject with obsessive-compulsive disorder because, of course, there's the harm obsessions that people have, which probably is a large part of what I had. I was terrified of being home alone. I forced forced my mom to, please, please hide the knives in our house. I'm too terrified of them being around. Um, I could just, you know, sleepwalk in the middle of the night and stab somebody. How do I know I can prevent myself from doing that? And she obliged. Um, I think she thought it was just a childish whim, and she did. Um, but it was like my livelihood, how I know that, you know, perhaps I can stay alive and everybody else can stay, stay alive if I know that the knives are gone. Um, but, but after all that, once the feeling of dread mixed with the fluish sensation plus the world turning to gray happened, it, it just felt like to me that, you know, I, I couldn't provide any like strong reason for staying, for keeping on living. So, so what could I do to present my, prevent myself from from hurting myself and it honestly felt like a kind of um decrepit and horrific version of arm wrestling where you're you're arm wrestling your own brain and my brain was was just clouded and shrouded in in this dark inky vapor that I was even I was so confused about and it would and I knew that if I stopped playing the arm wrestling and it seemed like it was winning, but I was still able to keep my arm above the ground um, or above the table. If I if I lost, then it would force me to kill myself. I felt so that was the level of exertion that I would put into just every waking moment, like make sure I have to tell myself what is the reason for staying alive at this moment and then next moment. Oh, my goodness, there are just 16 hours of the day that I'm still going to be have to be awake. And then and then my brain, my whole it felt like my whole prefrontal cortex was on fire and clenching. And how do I how do I make sure of this? And at one point it just became like too much. Like, why am I even doing this? Is life even worth it? Um, This is a horrifying realization to come to. Um, I was like, no, I'm going to fight this. Um, Basically, I somehow made it through college. I didn't do as well as anywhere near as well as I'd hoped because I was, you know, spending most of my time, my free time in the throes of these, um, these battles. But, um, after I graduated, I completely collapsed. I don't even know what to call it exactly, but it felt like I lost touch with reality for at least a year. And it was particularly acutely bad for a few months. I, my brain, um, 
convinced me that my body shouldn't even be a human. I, I was thinking like, I, as odd as this sounds, I I can't even, it's hard to say because I can't imagine that you would listen and, and think that I'm not like a complete lunatic for saying it. But I felt like, no, I need to, I should be like a worm. I don't understand the shape of my body, my arms and my legs. Like, how do I, like I don't even remember like the the intricacy of them in the past it doesn't make sense my my consciousness was eroding and it felt like that feeling of me um that you normally feel like in your face and your chest it was like sliding down through the rest of my body and I almost felt like I was indistinguishable from my surroundings like I was just this floating entity and every once in a while I'd have this 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 glimmer of like oh I'm Allison like I'm that person but instead it was um, most of the day was overtaken by almost like a, um, just like a gack, like gooey, gooey sensation inside of me. And I didn't know like who I was or, or w- which direction I was going in, um, which at that point I couldn't hide from my family any longer besides just lay in bed and scream, hold my head. Like I, I you know, make it stop. And, um, so my family took me finally to um, see a psychiatrist. My family was awesome growing up. I somehow was able to hide from them my my problems, um, and I could do it no longer at this age. And psychiatrist said, you know, you're basically um, it's good that you're freaking out about your symptoms, um, and I think you have obsessive compulsive disorder. And I'm thinking to myself, like, I are you sure? <laughs> you know, um, I feel like I'm losing my mind. And, um, cause I don't even know who I am. I barely even know how to talk anymore. I have a, I feel like I don't understand language and, um, and I'm not very, you know, there was, I was, I still fell for the, the stereotype of OCD being about neatness and orderliness. Um, one time in undergrad, I had my laptop in my bag and I had left a banana in the bottom and I had, um, just during French class yanked my laptop out and apparently the banana had like smushed itself into the vents. And so there, there was banana oozing itself out of the vents as I pulled it out. And I, you know, think of that story as someone tells me as I, that I have OCD, like, really, are you sure? I can't, I can't even like, I can't even keep banana out of the inside of my electronic devices. Um, but he's like, it's just a horrifying case of overthinking. And I'm like, okay, um, but then if it's just overthinking, I should be able to fight this on my own. So I would read like the self-help OCD books where you're supposed to, I guess, do like cognitive behavioral therapy on yourself. And, and, um, and I, and I failed miserably. I was like, I've, I've stayed afloat this long. I've stayed alive. Like, how come I can't do this? Probably there's something wrong with me. Um, and I felt like I, I did improve a little bit, not from the books, from, you know, getting the medicinal help, which I did stop taking medication after a while because of um, some of the numbness that I felt with them. And it was it was hard to deal with, but I'm thankful for that help. Um, I did improve and I thought, like, maybe this is just it. Like, I maybe this is as good as it can be for me just to be like somewhat decent, um, maybe like not at the verge of like falling off a cliff. Um but still, most days I was I was still, you know, battling incessantly that that claw in my head, this the hands. There was still that strangling sensation around my um, around my chest and up and through my neck. And I felt like I don't I don't know how to get out of this. Every once in a while, there'd be a horrific, insidious voice in my head that would shout like, "If you don't wash your hands, then somebody might die in your family." And um, I guess if asked, yeah, which is why I have the diagnosis of OCD. I. I I understand that I can't like formulate any mechanism by which that would happen, but I would be so sure that that would be the case and I would be bound to do whatever it would say that I had to do. Um, 
eventually my stepmom suggested that I seek help, therapeutic help. And, um, and I, I first thought like, you know, I, I tried to do the cognitive behavioral therapy on myself and it didn't work. So would a person just get frustrated with me? Like, will it be worth it? Um, but I started seeing a therapist named Joe um, back in 2019 for the first time. Um, it was the first psychologist that I ever I ever saw. And um, I wrote about it in my book. It was, you know, some people had asked, like, well, you started feeling better right away just after he asked you to stop, like, washing your hands if you feel like you had to in order to pre- prevent someone from dying. And initially, it did help just to have someone's guidance, I guess, to make me feel like I wasn't going to wisp away um, if I, if I, you know, if I allowed myself to abstain from doing the compulsions. Um, and it was kind of a helpful biofeedback mechanism. I would be like, oh, okay, so this is the feeling that I get whenever any of the OCD type thoughts happen. Perhaps I can recognize them in other spheres besides those. And the hand washing wasn't for me the most particularly devastatingly difficult. Um, so I initially stopped and started to feel like a little bit more peaceful than I'd felt before. Like I had control over panic. Um, but unfortunately, um, you know, some of those feelings kind of eroded away as I began to, to like try to conjure up the courage to tell him about some of the more, um, profound, profoundly devastating things I'd had. I didn't want to tell him about my consciousness decaying because I thought he'd think I was crazy. I didn't want to tell him about the suicidal feelings. Um, and I, when I was getting to there though, I was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm going to be able to do this. I started to feel this unusual feeling of connection to him. I would, could fall asleep and think like, yeah, he's there to support me. I have somebody that's going to fight for me for my mind. Um, and then devastatingly, um, devastatingly, he suddenly took his life and, um, to after that, after having watched him, um, and, you know, tried to think about how I could talk to him about, about feeling, about the suicidal feelings and then him deciding to do that. I, um, I really didn't think I was going to make it. I was like, this is, you know, he, you know, I didn't know. I, I felt like all the voices screaming at me that I wouldn't be going to be able to handle the, the arm wrestling anymore and keep myself afloat. Um, you know, if, if my psychologist couldn't, I didn't, you know, how would I, um, Thankfully, I was, you know, honestly rescued by another psychologist, Dr. Sachs, who, um, who basically took me in and, and helped me um, in therapy sessions to um, explore logically the basis for all of the thoughts that I had before in a way that made me... Um, I, I thought that I was like pretty um, adept at looking at things from multiple perspectives. And then I, and then I went, you know, and then in this therapeutic experience was able to finally see like, Oh, um, logic strays, which is the, <laughs> the thing, the title of my book, because I had always believed, I hoped sorely into my entire life that my logic was straying because if not, then that meant that I had uncovered some horrific truth about the world that other people hadn't. And I was just sentenced to live in that mire forever. But um, he was able to somehow, it, it felt like I would, was taken up from my situation and given a bird's eye view and, um, and reconstructed um, the, basically the mental codes that I developed since I was eight years old. I know that everybody's experience is different. My goal, in, uh, essentially, in writing my book and to share my story is that basically um, I didn't think I was going to survive. It, it was that bad. It was... Um, for most of my life, a situation of life or death, um, thinking at every moment, should I, um, 
should I write a letter to say goodbye to my family or can I hold on any longer? And I just wanted to say that um, in my therapeutic experience, I found freedom and I know that it's possible. I don't know everybody's, I know that everybody's route is different, but that's basically that all, all that I can say is that for me, I found freedom and found hope. And I feel like being transparent in my story hopefully will encourage others to do that, do the same. Thank you so much for listening. Wow, Allison, thank you so much for choosing to be brave and offering your story to me and to the listeners. It really helps so much, as you said, to be open and talk about what it's like to live daily with this kind of mental illness. I know that a lot of people are going to feel heard and validated because of your experience, and I'm grateful for that and for you. If you guys want to get to know Allison a little more, you can connect with her on her website at allisonlike.com. That's Allison, L-E-I-C-H.com or on Facebook at facebook.com slash logic strays. That's the name of her memoir. And I'll be sure to put both of these sites in the show notes so you can go check them out. As always, you can find me online at wendynunnery.com. That's Wendy with an I at the end or on Twitter and Instagram at wendynunnery. I also offer a weekly email to subscribers called OCD Mail, and it's just a quick compilation of my thoughts for that week, be they on current events or life in general, plus links I love and books I recommend. I also share a lot of exclusive information about my books there, coupon codes for sessions I offer called Pub Chats about getting started on your publishing journey, as well as giveaways. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, you can head over to my website and sign up for my email list there. Again, I'll also put all of that in the show notes. Thank you for being here today. And thank you, Allison, for sharing your story. Please consider leaving a review of the show so new listeners can find it. All right, that's it for me. I hope you'll have a great weekend.